On the uh, message this morning, we do not have the title in your bulletin, but we want to just give you the title. It's probably, it's a, uh, this message this morning comes from Matthew chapter 22, verses 33 through 40. And it's entitled, A Matter of the Heart. And when the multitudes heard this, they were astonished at his teaching. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, who is the great, or which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It's a matter of the heart. Jesus spoke often of the heart to those with whom he uh, ministered and fellowshiped with. And he would zero in almost constantly on the fact that our relationship with him dealt with the heart. And in Proverbs, we read that keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issues of life. The NIV says, above all else, guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. And as we look through the Bible, we find many hearts, kinds of hearts that are mentioned in the Bible. And I want to uh, reference a few of them this morning. And I believe that Derek will help me by putting them up on the screen or have you. <laughs> the first one is the deceitful heart. Many of you have heard this scripture many years, I'm sure. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then it goes on to say, the Lord searches the heart and tests the mind. Sometimes we see these people who are caught in uh, prison or caught in crimes and go to prison and they will give all kinds of excuses why they committed the crime. They'll say one thing and then another. But actually, the Bible teaches us that the heart itself is deceitfully wicked, desperately wicked. In fact, I think it was David, yes it was, who said, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Paul said, 
all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We cannot trust our own heart, especially when we have not come to Christ and submitted that heart to him, but we can trust his heart and trust his hand to guide us once we have turned our lives over to him. So this morning, we know that we cannot in our own make ourselves good. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Let's go to a second kind of heart in the scriptures this morning, and that is the stony, our hard heart. In Ezekiel, we find in chapter 11, verse 9, then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take away the stony heart out of the flesh, and give them a heart of flesh. There are times when our hearts are hard. We read in different places in the Bible, like with Herod, uh, Pharaoh, God hardened his heart when he tried to get him to let the children of Israel go, and he refused, refused, refused. And in the Bible and other places, we find when people rejected God, their hearts became hard. And they resisted the obedience that they should have had to God and to his word. And I do not want a hard heart. I know you do not want a hard heart this morning. But I've dealt with some who have rejected the truth and have become hard in heart. And the Lord would remind us that we want to be careful not to even grieve the spirit or to have a spirit of unbelief and to stiffen our necks and harden our hearts. I like the word of the third heart. It's not exactly one of the ones we talk about a lot, the divided heart. I prefer to think about the undivided heart, the whole heart. Uh, in Psalm 86, 11, uh, David said, no, pardon me, 86.1, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And I will praise you, O my God, with all of my heart. There are those who sometimes allow the pleasures of the world, the uh, material things of life to lure them away from God and his word and walking in the light. I think of what Jesus taught with the parable of the soils and uh, the seed in uh, the New Testament. He pointed out that there were some seed that fell on stony ground, some fell among thorns that choked it out because of the cares of this world. I think we all might take note that the cares of this life can crowd in upon us and get to our minds and get to our hearts and prevent us from 
having that close fellowship with the Lord that we need in these days for ourselves and our families and our children and our grandchildren. That, uh, that's the beauty of walking with the Lord in the light of his word. He will give us a whole heart after him. And in the scripture we read, Jesus said the first and the great commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, mind, and strength. A fourth kind of heart that I find in the scripture is a new heart. And again in Ezekiel 11.9 and 2 Corinthians 5.17, Ezekiel said he would give, uh, God would give us a heart of flesh, a heart uh, of, uh, of real love for him. And then in 2 Corinthians 5.17, I've looked at the motto up here back of me several times, often in our services. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. We're brand new in the Lord. We change and we take on the nature of Christ. We have a new heart. I'm glad for that possibility this morning. We can have our hearts tuned to follow Christ. And I want you to know this morning that Jesus is here today to give you a new heart. <laughs> He's here to come into your heart if you don't know that joy already. And I know this this morning that he wants to come into every heart and to make every heart new. I'd like to mention a fifth heart this morning, and that is a clean heart. In Psalm 51.10, after David had committed some very, well, serious, terrible crimes the man after God's own heart. He had committed adultery. He had committed murder. He had committed, as it were, I believe, lying. And he was the one that the prophet Nathan went to and said to him, there was a man that had plenty of sheep, and someone came to spend the evening with him or needed a meal, and that man that could have taken one of his sheep and prepared it for a meal didn't do that. He went to a man that had one sheep, and he took that one lamb, that one sheep, and made a meal. And... David became so angry, he said, I, I'll take care of that. And Nathan the prophet said, but you're the man. After all of that and David's heart disobeying the Lord, he repented and he told Nathan. Nathan saw he was repenting. And in Psalm 51, he said, oh, God created me a clean heart. <laughs> I'm glad that he can wash our hearts clean. He can make them clean through the blood of the Lamb. And in 1 John, it says, if we walk in the light 
as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another, and his blood cleanses us continually, not just today and tomorrow, but all the time from all sin. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Our hearts can be clean. What a great feeling to go to bed at night knowing your heart's clean. What a great feeling to think if Jesus comes tonight, young people, older people, I can be ready. My heart's in tune with him. I find also in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, there's what's called the pure heart. Pure heart. We often buy products that say pure. Well, I don't know how pure it is. So many times it has preservatives, it has additives, or it has whatever. But... Jesus was given the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, and he said, blessed, blessed are the pure and holy. We heard that song this morning, holy. The holy in heart, for they shall see God. It's a matter of the heart that prepares us for seeing Jesus for making it into the kingdom. That's why Jesus focused so much on the heart. I would go on to the seventh kind of heart, the guarded heart. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be anxious in nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which passes, surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God that we can have by a right relationship will guard our hearts and minds, and that we need in these days. Pastor has stressed that quite often of being on guard. There is reference in the Bible, number eight, an eighth heart. Even though we may have a clean heart, we may have a pure heart, we may have a heart that's in tune with the Lord, guarded, there are times we can have a troubled heart because of the perplexities of life because of circumstances that are beyond our control. Our hearts can be troubled. Jesus was speaking in John 14, 1, knowing that he was getting ready to go to the cross and go back to heaven. And his disciples were going to have to face all of that dilemma. He tried to prepare them. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he went on to say, in my father's house are many mansions, and if it weren't, weren't so, I'd have told you. But in verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you, but my peace I give to you. So don't let... Iran, nuclear weapons, China, all the other things that we're hearing these days in our own country. They may trouble us, 
but they don't need to take away our peace. We have something far greater than nuke weapons and all of that. We have the Lord Jesus in our heart. Number nine is what I call a rejoicing heart. In 2 Samuel 2, 1, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. That was after she had prayed over a year before that God would give her a son several months before that God would give her a son in the temple she was praying. They thought she was drunk. She was in such intercession and supplication. God gave her Samuel. She brought him back to the temple, and she was saying, I will praise you, a praising heart. I will be joyful in my heart. Also, in Psalm 86, 12, David said, I will praise you, with all of my heart. The final heart this morning is a grateful heart. I close with a couple things that I think are about the best examples of a grateful heart that I know of. Um, I was reading in our Daily Light devotional back a few weeks ago. I don't remember who the writer of the devotional was. And uh, they said they were riding down the road, got behind a pickup. And on the back of that pickup, we call it the tailgate, <laughs> there was a mural written or a mural drawn. Evidently, the driver or the owner of the truck had been the recipient of a heart transplant. And in that mural, there was a picture, I believe, of a heart. And then on the tailgate, he was expressing gratitude for the donor. Gratitude to the doctors who had done the work. Gratitude to, I think, the nurses, the hospital, for what they had done to help him survive. Well, I'm not a heart recipient, a donor, but December the 26th of 2013, I think, uh, they said they had to do something to my heart, and you prayed for me. I got this. <laughs> it's beating. <laughs> no, they gave us this while we were there to sort of help us when we coughed, but also to remember when they did the bypass surgery. And uh, I, uh, I remember all that led up to it and a bit of anxiety and, uh, you know, just trying to learn all you could. They show you videos, how they go in and they bypass with strips of veins from your legs and what have you. And so, 
there I had some of you folk even sign this. I just don't know who all it was. But now I don't know the doctor who did my surgery that well. Uh, I, I know that uh, I've got his card in my pocket so that I can thank him. But I've been to St. Francis Hospital uh, a few times since. And I have stopped off at the second floor and gone down to this section and tried, and I found a few of the nurses that helped to take care of me, and I've said thank you, thank you, thank you. But 63 years ago, I had something else happen to this heart. 63 years ago, at the age of 12, I see a number of younger people, children, and some have been younger when they got a new heart. And I knelt and asked Jesus to come into this heart of mine. What a joy. It happened. It was such a reality. And I'm here this morning to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I got this sign from North Carolina. There was a teenage boy up near Ashborough where my daughter and son-in-law pastor. He was trying to think of something to say thank you to Jesus during the, during the Passion Week. And people had their crosses out and they had the purple cloths out. They had the black cloth out. They had the white cloth out. And he was trying to think of some way he could be a witness and say thank you. And so he made these, many of them, and many people on their lawns beside their crosses put up this sign. Don't you feel like that this morning? Thank you, Jesus. I, I put it, <laughs> amen. We can never, we can never thank him enough for what he's done for us. Oh, yes, some of you may still need to let him come in and to let him give you a clean heart. Simple message, simple truth. It's the heart. That's, it's a matter of the heart to get to heaven, to know the way and to follow Jesus. So this morning, I want us to close this service. I'm going to let you out a little bit early. I don't guess you mind that. But I want to close this service with us singing a little chorus. Greg's going to lead us. Stand together, please. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord.
to me thy grace salvation so rich and free could we sing it once more and those who really love him and know him would you give him a praise offering just by raising your hands Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich Let's pray. Father, <laughs> thank you for giving your son. Jesus, thank you for giving your heart <laughs> for us. You gave your life's blood. That means you really gave your all that we might have a new heart. Thank you, Jesus. And now, Lord, as we think of the heart, we pray for every heart here today that we might all truly follow you and serve you. And if anyone's here today that needs a new transformation, you are in that business, Lord, of transforming our lives completely. Make us all you want us to be. Bless us as we go forth this week. Be with our pastor and his family. Protect them. Bless them. Rest them. Use them where they are. Bring them back to us. But most of all, Lord, may we so let our light shine that men may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We will not ride down the road perhaps with a thing on the back of our car, yet we can, says, Jesus gave me a new heart. Hallelujah. Go with us again, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed.